Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerdternal Network. I'm your host, the experience that some call Jason, and with me today is... CDL113, the droid you're looking for. And the Todd Father. And today we're just going to go over some news that's caught our attention. Uh, A.K.A. Slow News Week. Eh. Slow-ish, I guess. I don't know. Well, let's see. The the big news for me that I you know that's got me excited is uh in a few days, uh either the nineteenth or the twentieth, I forget exactly which, the new uh Marvel Multiverse role playing game is coming out. And this is this is a game Marvel's putting out itself, which I think is their second attempt at putting out their own. Yeah. Cause you had the diceless one a couple of games back that I think Marvel actually published it. It did not do well. No. Uh, but just to give a real brief history, in the 80s, uh, TSR, the company that used to do D&D, uh, they did a Marvel game that is much beloved, and if you type in classic Marvel forever, you can find sites with all the books and characters. And, you know, There's plenty of people still playing that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then shortly after Wizards of the Coast Bottom, they released a card-based one. That I don't think did very well, though people that played it, you know, say say it was was pretty good. But it didn't get any support. It was something TSR was already getting ready to do. And once they were bought out, they, the new company went ahead and published it. But uh, Then you had the Diceless one. Then you had the... It was based off the Cortex system. It was that last one that we played in. That was... Uh, it was it, it was pretty fun for playing the uh, the established characters, but it basically just had a paragraph telling you to do whatever you wanted to when, as far as making a character. <laughs> and there wasn't much in the way of advancing stuff. Uh, fun, though. I mean, especially like a one-off. Yeah, like I said, if you just want to do a quick story with established characters, it was fine. Uh, I mean, we certainly had some fun with it. Uh, but it was being published by a third party. And while it was getting good reviews, and I think it was selling decent, it wasn't enough to make up for the cost of the Marvel license. Yeah. Which I think is why you haven't had one since then. But of course, Marvel doing it themselves, they got to worry about it. Yeah, uh, and you know, you always you always have the, the juggernaut that is Disney now, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, rules are being written, or the book is being written by Matt Forbeck. Uh, he's written all kinds of novels. He's written all kinds of games. Uh, he's done at least two editions of the Marvel Encyclopedia for Marvel. So he's at least somebody that knows knows gaming and knows the setting. So that's a good uh, combination. Yeah, yeah, I've got high hopes for it. Uh, they released a preview where you see Spider Man's character sheet and stuff, and. I can see a lot, lots of bits and bobs that they've plucked from other systems. Uh, Karma, which appeared in the original game, is, is back. Uh, the original game, they, they call the rule set Phase Rip now, based on the first letters of, uh, of each of the stats. Well, this go-around, the, the way the stats break down, it spells out Marvel. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of a cute, cute little thing. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I look forward. I look forward to playing it. You know, it's it's one of those kind of things where you know I play those kind of things to play established people. It's it's one thing for me to create somebody in something like Mutants and Masterminds or something like that. But if if I'm playing Marvel or DC, I'm gonna play somebody from Marvel or DC because yeah. the trick is to be honest, your created characters are usually just a knockoff of some damn body that already exists. So. Yeah. Playing playing my my super soldier character Sentinel in Marvel's pointless because you got Captain America, Isaiah Bradley, and a million different fucking super soldiers running yeah. around, so there's no point. Yeah. But uh and I say the game is dropping. It's really the play test. They're selling up uh the play test for ten dollars. Which to be getting the physical book for that, you know, that's that that is them, you know, not selling at a cost, but because, you know, it is Disney, but but that's relatively inexpensive, so we'll try that out. Yeah, it, that that's one that if it's it's something looks like we might actually play long term. Hell, I might even get a copy of that my damn self just because mm-hmm. I like having you know Marvel character encyclopedia type shit. Even though you know most of them's history backwards and forwards. Well, the trick is I know most of them's back history backwards and forwards at a time when I was really reading it. So that's probably going up to about what, 2016, something like that. Yeah, that's true. So I'm I'm four to five years behind on some of them just because yeah, I, don't, I don't fuck with them like I used to. Yeah. yeah. Now, another little bit come of gaming news. Uh, Hasbro, who owns Wizards of the Coast, that owns D&D, has bought D&D Beyond. Which, despite the name, was a separate entity. Uh, actually, the company that runs it was is based out of Huntsville, Alabama, uh, which I know is where you two live. Uh, Did not know that. Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't know that you lived in Huntsville. No, I knew I lived in Huntsville, but I didn't know that the D and D Beyond was. I was supposed to say, "Oh, poor daddy." Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it's based up there. Uh, my buddy Heath that runs Dire Bear is involved with them sometimes. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so, of course, all the immediate response was countdown till they ruin it. <laughs> but, you know, that's just the internet for you. Yeah. Uh, makes sense that they would pull that in-house, though. Uh, especially since Wizards of the Coast has tried doing their own D&D software and it has not gone, did not go well back in the third edition days yeah about the only thing they got put out was the uh, character sheet generator and it was very limited yep 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 but uh so that's what that that's the news i've got on the gaming front okay i guess i'm next um and uh on cw the flash i think i'm the only one out of the group that still watches the cw shows um Got reports that uh, the Flash may end after an abbreviated ninth season. Uh, Grant Gusterson uh, signed a uh, deal for return for the one season, season nine, and uh, so he he and uh, two others, the only original cast members still left. Uh, the actress that plays Snow and the actress that plays his wife. Yeah, Candace Pat. Yeah, and the reason for that is the actor that's playing Joe has uh, 
gotten a, a job to uh, play a part on another show, another channel. So he'll be leaving the uh, J uh, Jesse L. Martin. That's his name. Ha ha, they're finally killing Joe. Woo! Said how he's going to leave. Ain't going to kill his ass. That son of a bitch, been, that death been waiting on Joe for eight goddamn seasons. They finally murking Joe. Well, they said he would be leaving the show, but would have a couple of cameo spots in season nine. As a ghost. So, Motherfucker be a ghost. He's a super, he's a superhero parent and a black dude married to a black woman. That son of a bitch is breaking reality by continuing to live. He gotta go. He gotta go. I was the, the hell the last season I watched, I would watch this go, Joe's still alive? The yep. fuck? Yep. How the hell is Joe still alive? The the actor had some health issues yep. kept okay. him out yep. of the last two and a half seasons. Yeah, he, he had something happen to his back. Yeah. Like he, he was murk his ass then. Yeah, he, he injured his back offset and the times that they would have him in the, the episodes, he would either be sitting at a desk or sitting in a chair. You know, they didn't make him get up and move around a lot because he had, the damage was bad enough. He had to have, I think it's two back surgeries. Yeah, something like it. And uh, then his recovery time, even now on the season that he's in, when you see him, he's either sitting down or he's standing fairly still. Like on the last, last night's episode, he was standing there and he was leaned up against the counter or he was standing there with his arms crossed where he wasn't doing a lot of moving around. Yeah, uh, you had an episode real early in the season where it was Joe and the new police captain because Joe's character retired. And you had an episode where they you know, interacted with each other and went out to solve a crime. And if you played, paid close attention, the moving scenes where he's up doing things and they shot him, always shot him from behind. And it was his stunt double that was doing that. And if they did a close up, you yeah. know, he would. That's one of those kind of things. If I was a writer, I'd have a scene where he looked at his wife and just said, baby, you're killing my back. Because he got a hot-ass younger wife. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she's killing his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have a villain throw him up against the wall, then you can make the back injuries, like, you know, just part of it. That's kind of what they did to explain why he wasn't out and about for a little bit. They had uh, a scene where his character got injured on the show, and he had to kind of convalesce. But the injury in real life took longer, so they just kind of like had him. I think it was, he was out of town, and they would have him pop up, you know, in, in, on a video chat or some crap like that, mm -hmm. or a phone call. But yeah, I was, I was toward the end. I was watching that show only for Candace Patton and Daniel Nicolette, and then I found Instagram. So now I don't have to worry about that shit. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, CW has uh, yet to renew the Legends of Tomorrow or Batwoman for new season, mm -hmm. and uh, they haven't gave any word about the Nomi whether it's going to get a second season or not. Uh, for now, Superman and Lois gets a third season and uh, a decision about Supergirl, or excuse me, Stargirl season four uh, is expected later on in the uh, third season of the summer. Yeah, their worst could die. Who the hell cares? Half, half the shit was crap anyway. I mean, I stopped watching The Flash because hell, every fucking season was... A speedster. A speedster. Yeah, it was like, it's Barry Allen, the fastest. I'm the fastest man in the world. No, you're not. You, you, you're the fastest dude this season because that's the storyline every fucking ever, ever season is, oh, God, somebody showed up that's faster than me. 
Now I have to train to get faster. It got very dragon. Like I said, I was there for the eye candy. I was like, she's cute. I'll watch her read the phone book. And then eventually, like I said, I discovered Instagram. I was like, holy shit. I can see her without being bored. Sweet God, this is wonderful. <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow was shit from episode one. Batwoman was a bad joke. Yeah, half that shit was like, why is this crap on? Why does it keep staying on? Sweet God in heaven won't somebody mercifully let this shit in. You know, I hate for some of them to be out of work. But by that same token, sweet God in heaven, it's not like it was good. They just weren't. CW was real good for having like a good first season. Yeah. Uh, Except in the case of Legend of Tomorrow and Batwoman, which started out as just pure shit. Yeah, they, they were steaming dumps from episode one. It was like, oh, good God, this damn thing is horrible. I can't get all the way through this shit. But Flash had a good first season. Supergirl, when it was on, had a real good first season. Arrow had a good first. I think the third season. Did not get into Arrow at all. I mean, I tried, I tried to watch the first episode of Arrow four times on demand, and I kept going to sleep on it. It's Green Arrow. I don't give a fuck. It's like it's a dude. Yeah, he, he was the CW Batman for Yeah, and that's the trick. If I want Batman, I want Batman. I want Green Arrow with Batman's villains. Uh I would never forgive them for what they did to Mr. Terrific, who at the time was like I was really into Mr. Terrific in uh the Justice Society book. And I was all jazzed and shit. Like, oh hell yeah, they gonna have Mr. Terrific and they just Fucked him up. It was like yeah, right. Yeah. Several of the, the characters they they did the CW spin on them and, and didn't do them like they should well, have been. Well, the, the trick with Terrific, I should have known. I was had a sneaking suspicion they would go fuck Mister Terrific up because he was on a show with Green Arrow, and Mister Terrific is a cooler character than Green Arrow. He just is. So you could not have comic book Terrific on a show with Green Arrow, and Green Arrow be like the main hero, he immediately becomes Jimmy Olsen, because he ain't shit. I mean, he yeah. just... So, you know, for them to make Arrow kind of the alpha male of the damn thing, by necessity, anybody they brought on there with him, they were going to nerf the fuck out of him to, to make him fit, you know. There's no way in hell Michael Holt would have followed that jackass. It just wasn't hell he's infinitely smarter, infinitely richer, infinitely more capable. There's nothing that... All the Queen just ain't got shit on Michael Holt at all. So they gave you whatever the hell they changed. Because if I remember right, the Arrow version is not Michael. They changed his first name and yeah, shit. Yeah. Turned him into that doof that got knocked out at the beginning of every fight. Apparently the only fucking ability he had was turning that fucking afro into cornrows at the drop of a fucking hat. Yeah, that, that, that was one of the things that always amazed me. Yeah, that was the dumbest fucking shit. This motherfucker's running around with a full Michael Jackson ass afro. That hell, he's morphing into fucking cornrows in seconds. It's like, hell, is Barry Allen showed up. Hell, is Iris taught this motherfucker how to braid hair. And Barry showed up braiding his bastard's hair before he goes, like, get the fuck out of here. Nanites, man, nanites. Explains everything. <laughs> That that would make a better explanation than they ever tried to do. Has he got hair weaving nanites? No, no, no. He's bald. The hair is the nanites. Uh, and they just shift configuration. 
you know, you throw in a Transformer sound effect and it's perfect. Transformer sound effect would make him too cool. I say go all the way back to the six million dollar man. Yes. What kind of cheesy shit was that? Eh, motherfuckers, my whole don't worry about it. They did everything they could to make his particular character suck. They didn't suck. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that that was my news about the Flash and, and the actors and actresses. And my news was is supposed to be about how Jason Aaron is ruining Thor and Avengers. I don't know how much that's actually news, because anybody that read Jason Aaron's run on Thor knows motherfucker ruins Thor every chance he gets. So, but, uh, He's doing a, a one, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a one shot or a limited series or what the hell kind of, I don't know how long this train wreck is going, but he's finally doing his Avengers 1 million BC team in a book and it's supposed to reveal Thor's true parentage, which, you know, this motherfucker's been saying it's Phoenix now in his entire fucking run of Avengers. And, uh, it's going to be something that's not going to jive with the main Thor book. You know, so... What happened to it being Gaia and Odin? That's what I'm telling you. That, that's, that's just it. That's, that's Jason Aaron's mark on Thor. His latest mark on Thor is that his real mother is the Phoenix. Because when Odin was on the 1 million BC team with, with the first... I guess that's supposed to be the first Phoenix... They not boots and Thor as a result. So, like in the Avengers, now you have Thor like calling on Phoenix forces and shit like that. As if that makes more Thor more powerful than he originally was. Cause, but it doesn't. That's just the point. The Phoenix force ain't shit compared to an elder god. The reason why Thor was so damn stout in Marvel was because his mother's an elder god. His Dad is a sky father, and his mother's an elder god. If you really want to go back into Marvel history, that's the reason why Thor, most Asgardians, when they came to Earth, got weaker, got progressively weaker. Thor didn't, because his mother's the Earth. It's a reason why Thor was stronger than most Asgardians. He was stouter than most Asgardians because of his parentage. Yeah. It wasn't... It wasn't so much that he was the son of Odin, it was that he was the son of Gaia. That's an elder god blood backing. And it's not going to match because in uh I hell blanking on the guy's name now. Uh the current Thor Rider. He's Donnie Cates. In Cates run, they had him fighting the sentient storm that was inside of Miona, which is another gift from Jason Aaron, from the mind of Jason Aaron, that all of a sudden, you know, Jason's whole thing is, is he's got a weird thing with like gender, patriarchy, and all this kind of weird shit. You know, Miona in Jason Aaron's run couldn't just be what it always had been. It's, it's, a, magic it's a chunk of rock with an enchantment on it. That's it. Uh, under Aaron's thing, yeah, uh, Odin took the mother of all storms, which was a feminine storm. I don't know how the hell a fucking storm has gender, 
but it took a sentient feminine storm and basically imprisoned her in Mjolnir. And that's the reason why Mjolnir, you know, had control of weather and shit like that was because Odin basically trapped, trapped the chick inside it. So, like, during Aaron's run with Jane Foster, like, Mjolnir, that's when you find out all of a sudden Mjolnir's, like, sentient. All this kind of shit that would appear to Jane as a girl and all, and it's like, the f*** was a fucking chunk of stone. Yeah, and, and Thor is the god of... of yeah, that, that was he, all... He can always, without the hammer in his hand, he can cause storms and yeah. lightning and shit. Be... Yeah, Mjolnir was was really just a weapon. It wasn't. Yeah, it, he, he it was a he focus. Was, yeah, he it, yeah because they they always kind of played around with yeah. In some of the stuff, Mjolnir was calling the storms. Then later on, you had things where it was going, no, I ain't calling him. He's the god of thunder. He kind of calls them. It just kind of gives him a little bit more control over what he's doing. But anywho, uh, this is you, you've had you've had. Mjolnir, the, the god storm inside of Mjolnir bonded with the man Gog and went insane and killed Odin and killed Broxton, uh, Oklahoma and killed everybody in the middle of the Lear and all. It just went complete ape shit. But in that story, you had Thor call upon his mother's power. When he was on Earth, he called upon Gaia's power. Yeah, and did some shit. Because he's the son of the earth. So I don't know how in the hell that. So when they do this goofball shit with, oh yeah, the Phoenix is Thor's mama, that means it's going to be. Unless Guy was a Phoenix, that, that shit's some. It, it, well, it's going to be damn near. It's damn near just going to be the Avengers book and the mainline Thor book must be in two separate fucking universes or something because none of this shit is lining up. So. But that's Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron has been the worst fucking right on Thor that I've experienced in my 40-some years of dealing with the comics and hell, my maybe 25 years of reading Thor. I mean, his shit is just garbage. He, See, came, he came in with uh, Gore the God Killer. And that's his big claim to fame is you have people act like Gore the God Killer was just the greatest fuck. That story wasn't shit. I mean, hell, Gore himself is a knockoff of Desic the God Slayer, which was a hell of a lot neater character. He was cool looking. His powers made better sense. All Gore basically is is a, is a fucking alien with a symbiote. Because he's got the all black, which was uh, Null's sword. It was the first symbiote. The first symbiote that he created. Yeah, it, it made a blade. He had a drag he had two dragons and a blade. And that's the all black. It's a sounding name for a weapon that does neat shit, but yeah, they bound it to this fucking alien. He's Gore the God Killer and the shit. It's overrated. You have a lot of people act like that was the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread. That shit was overrated. It was Whack as fuck. Uh, he came. Aaron is the one that came in where you had the three eras of Thor in each book. Where you had the real young Thor that couldn't, that didn't have Mjolnir yet, that had Yarbjorn. 
you had the modern day Thor, and then you had old King Thor, who was like the last Asgardian. It was under Aaron's run that held Thor lost his arm. He wasn't worthy. He lost an eye. Jane Foster's running around there as Thor. It, it, and just about, I mean, hell, the first run of uh, Donnie Cates was fixing Thor phys physically. The whole reason he made him Herald of Galactus was to give him his eye and his arm back. You know, so this is this is more Jason Aaron's run on Avengers is every bit as abysmal as his run on Thor was. I don't I hear tell that he actually told good stories like thinking Ghost Rider or somewhere. I wish he'd go the fuck back because his runs on Thor and the Avengers are just shit. He was the one that had She-Hulk run around looking like a dude for most of the time. And then got in his feelings when Marvel was like, hey, we're getting ready to do the She-Hulk TV show. You know, you know, make it look like she did back originally. And he got up in his feelings and did a story where he had changed her back and then immediately threw her off the team. You know, kind of, you know, She-Hulk looked, like, she looked like a woman was a problem for him. I, I blame not having an editor-in-chief that knows what their job yeah. is supposed to be yeah. and and knows that Marvel used to have what they called the Marvel Bible. I, I blame Marvel for not having, you know, an editor in chief that knows the job and not following the old school Marvel Bible that they used to keep, you know, like, okay, this is the character. This is what he can and can't do or what she can or can't do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is their history. If you want to add to or, or try and take away, you got to get it cleared by not only the editor in chief, but you know some of these other folks that Marvel, Marvel's editors right now have a problem saying no. Yeah, just no. And that's the thing is, things like Thor's parentage should be a no. Yeah, because that's, that's that's not only dealing with one you actually have a fucking Norse myth to go back to. You fucking around with Stan and Jack. I don't give a fuck. Who you think you are, Jason Aaron, Donnie Cates, who the fuck ever. You ain't half a writer that Stan, you ain't the creators that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were. Leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. want to create somebody new? Great. You want to come up and do stupid shit like, well, I'm going to make Thor's mama the Phoenix. And that's going to be my stamp on the character. Dude, your stamps on the character, you you done enough. Sit your ass down. So. You want to do a, a, a story in another dimension, you know, another world where, hey, you're not the 616, but oh, in the, you know, 785 universe, that was what happened? Okay, fine. That's right. If that's a one shot. You make it work, you know. But that's not what it, that's not what they want to do. They want to put their mark on the character. Yeah, and that's it. And that's what I'm saying. And, and the editor of the book and the editor in chief should stop that. Yeah, put and, that's, and, that's, go, no. and that's the point. You don't, when you read Marvel comics these days, and truthfully, it's the same true for DC. Yeah. You can tell that they do not have an editor that goes, no, you can't do that. You can't take what your betters have created and piss on it to make it yours some kind of fucking way. Well, one thing, one thing I've noticed is, I mean, if you go back and you read the old stuff, bits of the background were always shifting and changing slightly over time. But what you got now is every writer that comes in just burns it all to the ground so they can do their own thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They want to put their stamp on the character. And the trick is, the ones that 
the truly the ones that put the stamp on the characters, people that took what existed and, and did cool shit with Walt Simonson. Yeah. Walt Simonson has got the greatest fucking run on Thor, period, ever, period. I defy you to find somebody that's got a better run on the Mighty Thor than Walt Simonson. You give the fucking shit up. He gave you Malekith, Serta, Curse. Uh, he fought the Midgard Serpent. I mean, that, that I mean, that's some epic level shit. Beta Ray Bill is his creation. Yeah. That's some epic level shit there. These hacks that come in now, oh, I'll make Thor unworthy. Nobody gives a fuck about it. Oh, I'll make Jane Foster Thor. She won't be... Even that wasn't new because I was talking to a guy about that a couple of weeks ago. You had a what if. What if Jane Foster had the power of Thor where she was Thordis? Uh-uh, but she was Thordis, which means she wasn't Thor. I'm going to come in, that, you know, because that whole names don't mean shit, gender don't mean shit. Everybody is one big blob of nothing. Well, Hank, during the, the run for the guy that created Beta Ray Bill that you were talking about, you had a storyline that dealt with the future, and you had Thor's daughter become Thor. Yeah, you've had, I mean, you've had, had better versions. In, in the story with Desic the God Slayer, you had Thor girl who you ended up finding out who turned out to be the designate, which was the one that empowered Desic the God Slayer by the time it was all over. You've had that kind of shit, but that's not the mark. Their whole mark was, you know, it's, it's, Instead of whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, she possess the power of Thor. All of a sudden, it's she, and then it's they, and then it's it. And yeah, dude, just stop. You know, you had he hooked up Thor and She Hulk, where She Hulk looked like the dude, and Thor looked like the chick. In size difference and and build and all kinds of just weird shit, Bruh, If that's your thing, go on. You know, I'm sure there's some corner of the fucking indie universe. Where people want to read that shit, keep your ass out of Marvel. Have an editor in chief that, like back in the day when Peter David, who had a had an epic run on Incredible Hulk, said, "Hey, I want to make a pink Hulk that's feminine," and the editor, hell no. And he said, "Well, if you don't let me do this, then I quit." And they say, "Well, you know, you had a good run. I'll let you. Don't let these motherfuckers ruin." 60, 70, 80 year old characters with this bullshit. It ain't gonna fly. It's not gonna fly. The first writer that gets the chance to, to erase the shit is gonna erase the shit. So there's no point. That, you know, that, that kind of drastic fucking changes that, you know, there's, there's no fucking point. You'd be better off coming up with the knockoff that's gonna, that does that shit that's gonna disappear in a couple of years any fucking way. Yeah. You want to do all that? Make Thunderstrike's Mama the Phoenix. Who the fuck cares? It's Thunderstrike. You'd be glad to see his ass. That shit ain't gonna. That shit ain't gonna last with Thor. What the fuck are you doing? It's like him hacking him to pieces. Chopped off his arm. Chopped off his eye. Made him unworthy. You knew that shit. You knew that shit the second you got a new writer. The second I touched Donnie Kate's book, the first thing I knew, they're going to wipe out all that book. Yep. But it, and it's not like they haven't done that shit before because I remember Iron Man before they came out. Oh, we're going to do an Iron Man movie. And you had some of the crazy shit going on in that damn book. And all of a sudden, wait, we're going to have a movie. All right, we need, we need Tony Stark back. We need yep. him on the wagon. We need him doing this. Yep. And he's cool again. Yep. Everything needs to default back to, you know, what's kept the book in business since the 60s. Yeah, yeah, and they, and they and for some reason they just don't have the 
they don't have the stones of another bit of comic news that I did see before I came over here and I try to make this quick. Uh, yeah, we do need to wrap up. Eric Larson, the guy that did that did uh, Savage Dragon. Yeah. Well, is still doing Savage Dragon, I think. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. But Eric Larson basically came out with like, you know, comics original sin were all the characters were straight and white, but he's against basically race swapping characters and stuff like that. I agree with him partially in that, yeah, everybody white. The whole straight thing, when you go back and really, when you look at old school comics, like when I started, nobody, nobody had a significant other. Even if you try and go Superman and Lois Lane, that was a love triangle where nobody so much got a kiss. Because Clark liked Lois, Lois liked Superman, not Clark. Yeah. Superman didn't fuck with her, and she and Clark couldn't get nowhere with her. So it was a distinction without a difference. She was literally just there to be kidnapped by somebody. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have girlfriends. About yeah. the only about the only some that actually had like a girlfriend Fantastic. was Fantastic Four. And even then, when she first popped up, Sue was the invisible girl. She was there to be the quote unquote. They were kind of the, they were kind of the perpetual victim. Yeah. Which was what Steve which was what Steve Trevor was for Wonder Woman. Yeah. He was a perpetual victim. But nobody got lucky. Nobody was knocking boots. Yeah, that because it was for because they remembered the shit was for children. So your sexual orientation wasn't coming in, into it because it was for people that truthfully, if you were a guy, they Comic, superhero comics are primarily for guys in an age when hell you thought girls had cooties. Yeah. So the last damn thing you were doing was wanting to see your favorite hero booed up with some chick because hell you thought chicks had critters on. Man, it's just fact. Yeah. It, it wasn't until the, the 60s and 70s that you actually saw heroes take a girl out on a date. Daredevil and Black Widow made history because they were the first comic book characters to live together. Without being married, they live together. Yeah, but you had to get you had to get into the, like the eighties, late seventies, eighties for that kind of shit. Well, I was gonna say, I can remember folks talking about like not the X Men predated me being alive. Okay, I was born in nineteen seventy. The X Men popped up in what mid sixties. Right. This is proving to not be quick, and we do need to wrap up. Okay, but that made a big deal about. A, you know, not family living under one roof. You had boys and girls that weren't family. And I can remember somebody that, that kind of grew up in that generation. You, you had church groups going, hey, you, our kids don't need to be reading this. Even though you had uh, private schools way back before the X-Men books, but okay. Yeah, that was how X-Men got along with that was the school. But anyway, that, but that was, that was one bit of comic news that I... I thought about that I I saw that this morning and I was like well yeah I partially agree with that my my thing is create new people I don't coming as a as a 47 year blurred I'm not impressed with black Batman because I know you're gonna make him inferior to Bruce Wayne as soon as you do it so I don't give a shit you know you I liked Val Zod I thought the concept of Val Zod was neat he was fucked up he should have been more he should have been more powerful than Clark just based on black absorbed sun though. But you knew they weren't gonna do that shit. He wasn't gonna be stouting Clark Kent. Fuck out of here. So what the hell's the point of doing it? It's it's the the shit ends up being cheap 
dime store knockoffs, pandering to people that I don't need to be pandered to. You know, I'd, I'd rather read the Blue Marble than Valzod. I'd rather have Monica Rambeau than a black aunt mate. I don't give a fuck about a black aunt mate. I don't give a fuck about Wallace West. You know, he's what, five flash, six, seven flash characters down? Who the fuck cares? Anyway, that's my rant. Wrap it up. All right. So, hope you enjoyed it. Hope some of this news was useful. Uh, if there's anything out, anything, any news out there that we didn't mention that you think we should have or that you'd like to hear us talk about, feel free to let us know. You can drop us a line at thenerdeternal at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can drop comments on YouTube. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you enjoy what we do, you know, like, share, subscribe. Tell you buddies, uh, word of mouth you know, a great way to help, help the podcast. I, all I can hear was Ron Burgundy. Sorry. I have not mentioned jazz flute. <laughs> anyway, until next week, I've been your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me today has been... CDL113, the droid you're looking for. And the blurred Donovanville, the Todd Fall. You stay classy. And we will see y'all next time. <laughs>